Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune again. Bears beat report, an enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. This story by Dan Weeder, it's obviously very well reported. Covering the Bears for 670 the score and 2400 sports. I've said this before, playing quarterback in the NFL is a lot like marriage. It's not about being a hero all the time. It's about limiting your mistakes. And and if you do make a mistake, <laughs> make, sure, make sure it's not a catastrophic one. We'll mention this mainly because Chicago Tribune writer Dan Weaver said we would mention this nugget. We want it to be a fast Friday and a fast focus Friday. Dan Weederer. His name is Dan Weederer. Weederer time. Weedsy. With Danny and Speeds. Weederer time. Bears. The Take the North pod. Dan Weederer talks football with you. Dan Weederer on the hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. I swear there's, I mean, I can't go an hour without there being a massive new Bears story. Uh, that that drops. We got. Um, I'm looking at it and reading it as we're bringing in Dan here. Yeah, yeah. Greg Hines at Cranes saying they're not using Arlington Heights at le- for leverage, but that uh, <laughs> the real goal is the lakefront. And listen to this paragraph: If the team gets its way under plans that could go public soon, it will get on the parking lot just south of Soldier Field. Shout out to Shane Reardon for that scoop. A brand new state-of-the-art dome stadium, one capable of hosting not only the Bears, but Final Four basketball tournaments, Super Bowls, and other big events, and have tended to skip Chicago for lack of a suitable venue. So, and it talks about the financing as well, but yeah, the headline, not using Arlington Heights as uh, the South Lot idea as leverage, but as, quote, the real goal, unquote. Probably shouldn't have bought 320 acres of land in Arlington Heights, but I'm just a stickler for details. You can sell it. Dan Dan Weeder is with us now. What do you make of this, Dan? (laughs) You guys are breaking this to me for the first time there as you're reading it. Um, Wow. I make of it that there's a long way to go, right? And, And that the goal of getting this stadium up and running um, by 2027, 2028 seems to get more and more uh, out there uh, by the day, the, the, the less that it, it moves forward toward a resolution that seems crystallized. Um, you make the point, Danny, about the property and the purchase of that property back when it was purchased. You have to remember that the Bears didn't have a lot of plans set up when they purchased that property, and they didn't have a lot of assurances in place. And it is a little bit of an illumination into how sometimes uh, – 
things are done a little bit backwards up there at 1920 football drive. And it creates some obstacles that create a pretty intricate obstacle course at times to steer through. Yeah. I, a, I mean, are you, how, are you through this article speaks? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not through it yet, but do you, I'm through a little bit more in terms of the $100 million split in what the property taxes ought to be while they're in construction. And I know that's a huge part of the deal and a better relationship with the mayor, uh, Brandon Johnson, <laughs> than they used to have. And Kevin Warren succeeding Ted Phillips. Warren, uh, that, that, that Phillips had a suburban focus, and Warren might be bringing more of a city focus. If Brandon Johnson gets the Bears to sell the 320 acres of land in Arlington Heights after <laughs> buying it, and they build a new soldier field in the south lot, and then convert the current soldier field into park land so they don't lose parkland in the city but actually gain it. Talk about a legacy. He's going to be the mayor for the next 10 terms. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Guys, this is also a little <laughs> bit of insight into to Kevin, right, and, and how he chases this think big ambition at all times, and he starts with the grandest possible vision and doesn't back away from that until there's reasons to kind of – back away from that he wants to do things um both for the organization and for his own legacy that that register as iconic and i think that he's always had this vision of um that skyline and having that 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 picture of a new state-of-the-art best in the league stadium with the iconic chicago skyline right next to it and not 20 miles in the distance and so um we'll see which direction this all heads i always ask the first question with stadiums is who's paying for all this right and um obviously we got to get some answers to those questions before we start uh talking about things like the reality but it's certainly a, a fluid and evolving situation for sure i just apparently dan there's a there's a special clause in the state law that governs the illinois sports facilities authority um, and, and, and there, so there could be a way to like gerrymander this in classic Chicago style. So it's, it's fascinating. We'll see the white Sox are pissed, you know, cause they might lose out on some of that ISFA money and Brandon Johnson, less motivated to help the white Sox If he helps the bears, it's fascinating. I mean, I just, maybe everybody does it. How would they make up the money though? It still is. It still is a it's massive. It still is a miserable location to get to mm-hmm. logistically. And it is objectively because i'm not great at math but it's smaller you know what i mean it's that it's 326 acres in arlington heights of course it's a confined space on the lakefront you wouldn't be building residential homes and hotels and restaurants you'd you'd be abandoning that model but you'd be incorporating yourself into the city perhaps in some new ways and i just but the but that model is the way that you make more money yeah so I don't know how well, that's surprising. The other part of it is, is what are you doing with the property in Arlington Heights? I know there's this, this sentiment that, oh, it's just easy to throw 326 acres up on the market and somebody's going to drive by and see the for sale sign and buy it. But that's a lot of property to, uh, to to sell to a developer and try to figure out what they're going to do with all of it. Uh, that's another another wrinkle in this. And, and like I said, this is uh, one of those situations that that just seems to move further from the finish line uh, the, the the further along we get. Yeah, no, that's that's true, Dan. And and as you know, this could be very well executed leverage towards the one hundred million dollar discrepancy in property values in Arlington Heights as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, man, that, that's a whole nother. We could do two segments on the, uh, the that discrepancy and how uh, you can't even build a bridge that that gets you forty percent of the way toward the middle on that one. That one that one blows my mind on on both sides. To be honest with you, this is why you got into sports, isn't it? It's why you got into covering 100%. football. 
Hey, look, though, this is an exciting time to cover the Chicago Bears for so many different reasons. And, and this next period here of five to 10 years is is going to be landmark one way or the other, whether it's the, the, the grandest successes on both of these fronts or whether it's failures that we will uh, talk about in the history books for years to come. We are we are sitting here at a time where there's a lot going on and a lot of notable happenings at a notable time in the franchise. And so uh, it's 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 a great time to, to kind of have that interest peaking altogether. So what do you make of the idea of the noise around Caleb Williams and his interest or desirability or lack thereof in the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think my first reaction would be, holy bleep, uh, everyone needs to invest in some noise-canceling headphones for the next 12 weeks because this is going to only amplify and there's going to be a lot of stuff out there that's swirling and everybody's going to have to filter speculation from reporting from uh legitimate source-based fact and it's really really hard stew to uh sift through at times this week is is kind of a a flashpoint that i think illuminates a handful of different things to be honest with you and you know one of them for me is that we're (laughs) sitting here at a time in in human history maybe and and certainly in bears history where it's a dynamic where we're literally every single word spoken written or thought is is subject to this you know almost instant aggregation and then that instant aggregation is subject to non-stop hyper analysis and amplified opinion on what the original thing that was grabbed to be aggregated was trying to say or implying and it just it's insane like it, it literally gets insane at, at times to to try to, to to walk through all this stuff um, that, that's my, my starting point. You guys can respond to that. And then I, I think there's a few things very Caleb specific that it illuminates as well. Well, yeah. Well, and look, I, I grant what you just said, certainly about the chaos of media and guilty as charged counselor. But I think it's also true that we are dealing with a new time and a new wave of athlete um, in the NIL era that is yeah. empowered on in college and maybe not yet empowered in the NFL, but certainly feels perhaps they should be entitled to be empowered. That's kind of the reality of the of of young college humans right now that Ryan Poles has to deal with. So when I when I started digging around in mid to late December to get some sentiments on on how people were viewing the Bears from afar and how they were viewing this quarterback situation, one of the things that consistently came up is that that Caleb is really the first. NIL megastar going into the NFL draft, you know, and 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 so I, I think it's uncharted territory for a lot of people, and it and it shakes up the comfort level for people that have done this a certain way for a long period of time, and they 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 are willing to adjust. They're just not sure how they're supposed to adjust, and so it's going to be a, an interesting case study early on to see what dynamics this presents. I I know that the, you know there are questions in league circles uh, around. Okay, so when it relates to this particular quarterback prospect people want to know um who does he have in his ear and who does he have tugging on his arm you know and that that's one of those cases for a kid that just turned 22 i think in november uh to to try to figure out like what else are you dealing with when when you're zeroing in on a, on a prospect whose skills as a quarterback you love but you're trying to figure out how is this all going to work in a lot of different ways going forward and so answering those questions has got to be part of the homework that ryan poles and his group are doing right now to figure out okay like does caleb have control over his situation is he being pulled in certain directions by outside forces does he have certain people in his ear having him think about things that that he might not have thought about otherwise and so you got to get your arms around that um the other part of like this week's mushrooming of attention on this is if you are Caleb Williams's camp if you are the Chicago Bears you better understand 
what the strength is needed to hold up this big top, because this is going to be a spotlight and a circus when he enters the league, unlike anything that either Caleb has experienced or the bears have experienced. And so you better have dynamics in place and you better not be caught off guard by this of, of managing reality, managing alternative reality, trying to figure out how to message through all of this stuff so that th this isn't an ongoing every single week. There's one of these sort of stories that mushrooms up and it gets so loud and so noisy that, that it just feels like complete chaos. Yeah. How I put it, Dan was when you guys did that reporting on, you know, the dinner with uh, Trubisky and the dinner with Mahomes mm -hmm. and they're getting to know each other. And obviously those are two way conversations. It's not just a grilling, but the essence is and was the Bears are interviewing the quarterback to see if they want to make him the face of the franchise. Whereas now, I think that when they have that dinner with Caleb, let's say it's a five-hour meeting and dinner, maybe three hours they're asking him questions, and two hours he's asking them questions. You know, I think I just think I think they're sitting as equals at that dinner, and Caleb's asking questions about what's your plan to develop me? What's the marketing plan? What are you doing with the ninth overall pick? What's the why hasn't there ever been a four thousand yard passer in the history of the you know honestly like is it hard to throw at the lakefront in Soldier Field is there something about Chicago that's a through line here like I I think the Bears do have to sell themselves a little bit to this kid I don't disagree and I think they will learn about him through the questions that he asks them you know another thing that was brought up um, from people I talked to around the league is just kind of trying to to gauge the motivation and, and, and what does that pie chart look like? How much of Caleb Williams's motivation is designed toward being the best quarterback to play this game, which he has vocally said at times throughout his playing career um, in, in college, certainly and, and before, and how much is driven by chasing the spoils that come with success and fame, you know? And so the types of questions that he asks in one of those settings may give you a greater understanding of where those wires are and where they're plugged in. And it may, it may lead you to, to ask some follow-up questions that, that help you get a better um, personality profile on who the kid is and, and what he's after here. Um, and that's, that's part of this decision-making process. It's why, um, you know, really we've been saying for more than a month now that, that the bears homework has so little to do with the tape and, you know, sure. They're going to go to his pro day and they'll, they'll put him through a private workout somewhere just to, to check some boxes, but, but, but they know, who he is and what his uh, strengths are as a, as a player. The rest of this is a, a very complex uh, situation. And to your point, Danny, you better be prepared for it. You know, you better yes. be spending countless hours, you know, not just walking in like, oh, this is a dinner. Like <laughs> you better have a binder full of questions and things that you want to know at the end and be prepared to, to your point to answer some of his questions in a way that's uh, mutually productive for both sides. This is evolution of team sports. I mean, how many times have you written the story or had the conversation about, you know, you got to coach kids differently these days. You got to coach these guys. You know, they want to be, they want an explanation. You can't just bark at them now it's like these are you know as as kids evolve then the methodology has to evolve I'd, I'd be surprised if Ryan Poles isn't all over this th this part of the process now and understanding from the young players perspective what what it's like for them well I think I put this in the the quarterback confidential piece that I wrote in late December I know I had the conversation but it was an AFC coordinator uh who said to me that when you draft a quarterback at number one overall, everyone in the building has to understand on the night that you turn that card in that they now work for that kid. 
you know, it's a 22 year old kid in Caleb Williams's case. And, th and that's not to, to put people in some sort of uncomfortable position. It's like, you have to understand that this is now the engine of the entire organization's drive toward the goal of pursuing championships. And so you have to make sure that you're married up with that prospect and that player in a way that is productive for every single person. And so you have to surround him with people who have his development in mind, who have his best interest in mind at every turn. And it's gotta be people in every single department in the building who understands the marriage of all those things and how that, that wheel turns and how many spokes there are in that wheel. And so like, that's part of this, you know, is, 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 can you handle that? You know, are you, are you willing to take on those responsibilities? If you're going to take this huge swing at chasing greatness, which I think the three of us are all um, in lockstep and saying, it's a pretty good time to, to try it, uh, to take that swing. You just, better be ready to, to, to know what, what pitches are coming, you know, <laughs> and, and can you hit them and, and where in the strike zone do you want them? And, and, and then, then swing away, but you can't go up there just hoping and wishing. And, and, and then five years later go, man, that just didn't work out. Part of the reason that, um, that the three of us are in agreement that they ought to draft this kid probably, unless they find something brutal in their interviewing process, et cetera, is is resetting the contract part of it is the incredible talent of the kid and part of it is kind of the sad realization of where we are with Justin Fields's development while he's of course not finished as a human as a quarterback prospect but in terms of right. where he is man I, I thought your piece in the trib about the statistical goals that you had set before the season and whether he met them or not was telling there were lots of f's in there uh, a couple of met expectations, but a lot of needs improvement in the piece, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So we tried to grade it like a, <laughs> a grade school progress report, so to speak, where it was failed to meet expectations, needs improvement, met expectations, or exceeded expectations. And there were zero categories in which Justin exceeded expectations and four each of the other three categories. What was notable to me, Speaks, was, was the goals that we set we're not of the pie in the sky. Justin's going to be an MVP in 2023 variety. We weren't thinking that. No, 3,200 3, yards, 3,200 yards, seven games with 225, three with 300. He failed on all of those. Right. You know, and you, you talk about being the first passer to ever surpass 4,000 yards with the Bears, and then you don't get past 2,000 until Christmas Eve. That's a, it's a red flag, you know, and it's a concern that needs to be addressed. The sack rate, which was something that was brought over up to me in the summer it, to, to really zero in on and say, like, yes, we know Justin holds the ball too long. We know that that he takes sacks a lot. But this is a real outlier in terms of the percentage that it was at through his first two years. Now, he made improvement this season. He made improvement in the last seven games of this season. But it was still 30th in the league. I think maybe came and checked in at 31st this year in sack rate. And when you compare Justin's sack rate to the six other quarterbacks over the last three years that have played in Bears uniforms with the same coaching staff, the same supporting cast, the same offensive line, it's way, way out of line with, with what those other quarterbacks, by the way, Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman, you know, are, are, are part of that list and, and, and an undrafted rookie and Tyson Bajan. And so, yeah, there are, there are categories there that, that, that give you a lot of pause. And I, I, you know, I can't emphasize it enough when you talk to people around the league, the fourth quarter stuff is that's the most damning for, for people that you talk to, because look, we've watched Brock Purdy in the playoffs play two games that most people would categorize as mediocre or below and then step up with the game on the line and win the football game. And it just, it just, it's just a reminder of game on the line moments and how significant that is to being one of the best at the position. Dan, what is the in most interesting thing that you saw, heard, read out of the senior bowl? Yeah. So I was not down there this week, Brad. I know. Biggs 
did the, the, the entirety of that. So um, maybe like you, I'm waiting for Brad's 10 thoughts to launch on Monday. I'll probably get a sneak peek this weekend to get a, a full canvassing there. It, it felt to me from, from, from talking to Brad throughout the week, number one on the, the fields, Caleb topic. It just seems like in the league, there is a lot of people that would be stunned if the bears weren't heavily leaning towards drafting Caleb Williams, number one, um, and moving on from Justin Fields. That, that's notable. I do think there are some prospects that were playing in that game, uh, most notably the pass rusher from UCLA, Latu, who, who people are really, really impressed with. And that's a guy that's going to be um, on your radar at number nine, possibly below. Um, one of the things that's becoming more apparent to me in talking to people right now is that that number nine pick gives the Bears some flexibility that they're maybe going to love. And we're justifiably going to talk a ton about the pick at number one. But if you get to number nine and you see a, a board in front of you where there's like seven or eight guys that you'd love to have on your team and you say, OK, maybe somebody does want to come up and get the fourth quarterback or the fifth quarterback off the board. And they're, they're you know, calling us uh, to offer us something. Well, now you've got options and it really feels like at positions of need for the Bears edge rusher. Uh, if Bowers is still there at tight end offensive tackle, there's going to be some pretty intriguing options that could last into the mid teens there that give you some flexibility that could allow you to trade back, recoup some of that draft capital that you may not have gotten if you stick at number one. And all of a sudden you're building the team around uh, the number one prospect, like everyone wants them to do. Yeah. What one caveat to that is a, there's, I haven't seen a single mock that doesn't have all three wide receivers gone by nine. The the, the top three. Agreed. Right. So I, that drop I think off. Would, right. Yeah. So you may, you may miss out on the, the receiving group there. Um, look like that's another position group right now where you you hear people tell you that that Dunze is is just as impressive as Marvin Harrison Jr's I've had uh, a GM tell me that that Malik Neighbors on the tape alone is more impressive than Marvin Harrison Jr but the belief is that Marvin Harrison Jr is just a a safer prospect overall because of outside things and and things there. So it's going to be really interesting to watch those three come off the board and see where that leaves you. Um, and, and if one of those guys does slip to nine and you love them, like, well, then, then, then you say, Oh, you know, hang up the phone. Like we, we want this guy and, and we're going to turn in that card and, and have a weapon right away for, for whoever it is uh, playing quarterback for us. What was yesterday like as a member of the proud Chicago Tribune staff? Yeah, Danny, it's hard because this has been, five years leading up to a day like yesterday where, you know, there's an element of pride, um, particularly for the leaders of our guild at the Chicago Tribune, uh, standing up and, and fighting the fight the way that they have in what has been a real test of stamina because of the, I guess I would call it soulless greed of <laughs> the hedge fund that owns our, our newspaper right now. And so you have that element of pride and then you just have this element of exhaustion because it's like some of the, the basic things that are being fought for to keep journalism alive and healthy in the city of Chicago. And, you know, I, you guys addressed it yesterday and I appreciate it. This goes well beyond sports. You know, this is, this is the city. This is a, the health of our city and the health of our society in the city. And to, to see some of that just taken for granted by the owners of an institution like the Chicago Tribune, it makes your stomach drop. I mean, it really is kind of sickening at times to realize how much this has deteriorated to the point where like, you know, there, there's a, a group of passionate, dedicated reporters willing to strike because the people that that own the newspaper don't see the societal value in the things that we do to a level that's that's even respectful so um that's that's a short answer to a a topic that i could spend about four days talking about well uh, it was a hell of a stance that uh, you guys took yesterday and uh 
you're definitely going upstream in the fight. But uh, I, I'll give you a, I'll give you a little quick anecdote before I go. I know you got to get a break here in a second. But when I started at the Tribune in 2013, the sports department alone had 48 people in it. That was writers, editors, and copy desk people. We have been sitting at 14 for I think the last three plus years now. If you can just do the math on the reduction of manpower and then what that does in terms of limiting your ability to do the types of meaningful things that make a difference again outside of sports inside of sports it's it's jarring and so it's probably good for the audience to understand kind of why that why that matters but i do appreciate the two of you guys spending some time on it and illuminating it wow. absolutely dan thank you for the time we'll talk soon all right fellas have a good weekend all right that is dan weeder we can open up some phone lines here 312-644-6767 the caleb stuff the stadium stuff we got a lot going on there's a lot going on man candlesticks <laughs> make a nice gift they 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 do uh so yeah we gotta regroup here for a minute it's parkinson spiegel on the score parkinson spiegel show flashback 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 big day for shane today though yep contacted the mayor of nashville confirmed that reinsdorf met there uh contribute reported on the bears exploring the south lot as a site he, for the next stadium he won categories won categories and made an excellent prime rib good day for you all, all around team effort thank you Except to you guys didn't really do the prime rib at all or the other stuff <laughs> yeah right, right right that was mostly all you <laughs> uh that was good guys that was a good I'll one i'll bring us in no, no, please, please go ahead. We have soundproof glass here. It's a fancy radio station. Yeah. And uh, when Tanny played that uh, joke uh, that Shane told when he had that story about the South Loop and made the prime rib, uh, the laugh permeated that soundproof through my headphones, and I just heard it in here. It was Shane laughing at his own joke from months ago. I forgot that I had made it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was new material to you. I'm ma- hilarious. That was new material. <laughs> it was really good delivery. I'm yeah. proud of that one. It very, was. very you strong. Should you should be. And mm. also all the news I broke in that awesome prime rib. Well, it's funny that because that little nugget. Oh, dig yourself. <laughs> yes, you, Rex. I, I, when he, I remember when he said, guys, uh, I got a little something here. Should I dig this? Uh, should I go and uh, check this out? Yes. Yes. That they were scouting the location of the South Lot. And now here it is showing up in Crane's Chicago business as written by Greg Hines that the Bears' actual focus is the lakefront for a domed stadium, not Arlington Heights. And Greg Hines is writing it as if, and he says it very clear, it's not leverage the Bears' interest in the South Lot. Do you buy that it's not leverage? Do you buy that Kevin Warren is uh, trying to spearhead a city-bound dome for the Chicago Bears? I have trouble I'm, buying it. I'm starting to. I'm starting to. Because people who have been in the room with Kevin Warren said that his tone has shifted on this as he's talked about it at different points. That it has shifted more genuine in the direction of the city. He is, it's potentially all leverage. Getting photos with Brandon Johnson, bringing Brandon Johnson around, you know. I guess the definition of really good leverage is when it's believable. Exactly. And and everything that he's done to build a relationship with the city and to showcase his love for the city 
and uh, you know, and to actually have the news come out that he is looking, that they are looking at South Loop. Like if they're a hundred million dollars apart on it, the tax bill in Arlington Heights, sure, and he spends a year coming up with stories to make Arlington Heights blank. Inviting Brandon Johnson to the suite on the day when he just so happens to have the professional photographer there who's following him around, doing the South Lot look, uh, hanging out with mayors of different towns. Waxing rhapsodic about how he loves the city and the skyline. I live in the cities, right? If he does all that for a year and it gets the Bears in the Arlington Heights, that gap of $100 it gets it down to $50 Right. That. Kevin Warren doesn't make $50 million. Well done. You know you know what I mean? Like they, He could obviously create all of that appearance to just get Arlington Heights to blink. And it's, just, and it's more than $50 because we're talking about property tax annual. value right, that annually affects right. them as they build. The whole thing, they're not wanting to pay the property tax value of a finished stadium. Right. They're wanting to pay the property tax value of this barren land that they're working on right now. And this and Arlington Heights is like, you know, you're going to be putting something pretty good here. <laughs> we, we we believe that you should be paying more of that property tax. So, yeah, it's what, four years, five years, depending on how long everything takes, if they get the go ahead. I, I mean, it- at least, and certainly to build everything around it too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long ass time. Mm-hmm. I, I what I feel like is what's happening is that if it was a if it was like two columns, like a pro con column, um, or a, maybe make it an Arlington Heights column and a Chicago column, it has felt like Kevin Warren has been putting all of the positives in the Chicago column publicly, and none of the positives in the Arlington Heights column publicly. But the thing in the Arlington Heights column that would tip the scales, if we can mix metaphors here and take it from uh, columns on a paper to like a weighted scale, is that they own 326 acres of land in Arlington Heights. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's just hard. And yes, people say they could just sell it, but they're not real estate developers. They didn't buy it to sell it. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy it to flip it. They bought it to develop a property out there. And I know that because they said it when they bought it. Layla Rahimi's, <laughs> yeah. Layla Rahimi's colleagues over at NBC Sports yeah. had the scoop the other day about this discrepancy, the dollar amount, this $100 million difference in the property tax values. And the bigger bit of information in that was the timing. You remember the timing that was in there? That by the end of February, yes, that the Arlington Heights this issue will need to be decided, that they'll either move on or they'll come to some sort of agreement. So there is sense to this timing that this story comes out, makes all the sense in the world. So if you are the Arlington Heights folks who've been counting on the stadium perhaps, but just want to make sure you extract a little bit more out of the property values, this could maybe scare you to the negotiating table a little bit more rapidly. I just don't get, you talk about ballpark village in baseball, and I understand that the revenue in baseball is different than football, right? In baseball, uh, there is revenue sharing. That is done from everything inside the ballpark so that the teams that have the best attendance uh, have to share with the teams that have the worst attendance. That's like the very simplified version of revenue sharing. But everything you make around it, local media deals, rooftops, on-property restaurants, et cetera, concerts, if you own your venue, you get to keep. That's the local revenue that doesn't need to be shared, which is why Wrigley prints money for the Ricketts family that hopefully they reinvest all of it into the ball club. It doesn't give you the same advantages in football. 
There's a salary cap and a salary floor, and everybody gets to spend the same amount because everyone gets one thirty-second. right? The Jaguars get the same percentage of the deal with Fox mm-hmm. that the Cowboys get. You know, the, the Packers get the same percentage as the Chiefs of the CBS deal. So in the NFL, it's much more equal. So, but, I, but, but still, the McCaskies would get to keep the ballpark village equivalent. Yeah, and, and, you, know you, I mean? and it, you build it, different things for a football stadium than you would for a baseball stadium because the baseball stadium, you've got 81 dates. You plus have, the concerts. You have so few dates at the football stadium. That's why there's going to be a lot of residential in Arlington Heights, you know, and a lot it, of shopping and things like that. Some ways to try and draw people for non-football dates, a Bears Hall of Fame or museum eventually, well, yeah, that but, kind but of thing. It's, it's all, but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is it is actually – it's not as much of a competitive – advantage it's really no competitive advantage it's just about which one would make the mccaskies more money because i and i would so i would think that that would be a great motivating factor but maybe it isn't maybe they're like we're wealthy enough we're the chicago bears Mm -hmm. we don't want to leave the location of the landmark stadium and the city and we got enough money we don't we don't want to be real estate developers we just don't want to play on park district land anymore and have high school soccer games be on our field 36 hours before kickoff. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't want Kanye lighting, lighting a house on fire at the 50 yard line before we play the Bengals. Um, so I, I assume they are going to remember that happened. That was, a, that, yes. was a, that was a real thing that happened. <laughs> Kanye West lit a house on fire at soldier field. Uh, on like a Friday. Granted, <laughs> it was his own house. It was a model of his own house. Well, that's that a he thing put that there. happened. Yeah. He drove like 80 Chevy Suburbans onto the grass. Yeah, they had a game. Was it a Three t- days later, yeah, it was yeah, like a Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, mm. it was, it was, that was a crazy thing that happened. Yeah, 80 sound- Chevy Suburbans yeah. drove onto the field. Maybe that should have been a clue as to the soundness of mind <laughs> at that point. You have some fire claw. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something that happened in a stadium that an NFL team plays on yeah. recently. That'll damage the water tables <laughs> yeah. and, and the grass. They get the same sod that I play softball in at the Lincoln Park Southfield on the north side. Uh-huh. The sod is better. Same hey, grass. The sod is better. Eberflus has improved the They've sod. They've stepped it up. Eberflus yeah. has improved the sod. Got the but combination the- of Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> oh, and some other stuff. What what kind of sod's up yours? But you, but you, can, you can play 36 holes in the morning. You get stoned to the bejesus on it in the <laughs> afternoon. Is uh, that... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was talking about the sod. Yeah, Ty Webb. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh huh. Got a lot going on. A lot going on. And Weeder being like, NFL. A GM said that Caleb's the first star of the NIL base, and it's a and it's a real thing. Absolutely. Now, that I, the Bears I, have to be prepared for. I, I always, it, you know, Jordan Moore, the uh, pregame host and the sideline reporter for USC, was like covered Caleb obviously very very closely. Had said in that article by Steve Greenberg, and I haven't been able to get my out of, out of my head when you really consider everything that Caleb's into. Here was the quote: "He's just a new wave of athlete that's coming. I think he's the true next generation athlete. Whatever the generation after Gen Z is, to me, he's the first real star. You know, and that's." There you go. And 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 that's that's what we're dealing with. And I do believe it's just an extension of how pro sports goes. Like you know, it, it, do you see what Tom Brady's dad said about Belichick the other day? That Belichick, you know, he screams too much. He comes from a military background. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And he's of course toned it down to deal with modern NFL players, but there comes a time 
when you know things things do change. Thing things do change, and the way that that Ryan Poles deals with draftees should be different than the way that Jerry Angelo dealt with draftees. You know, this is just the the kids change. How about Jalen Johnson talking about communication with us? How many moments did we have during the course of the year where Jalen would say something like, it's just about us communicating with intention to each other. And like, there is a knowledge and a maturity on some things that is just different, man. And with that comes a different way of having to deal with them and and hear them and, and understand them. So, uh, and, and I do believe that Ryan Poles is, is very well equipped to deal with that multi-leveled interview that, that we've been talking about. I do, too. I do, I do too. There's just, uh, just kind of a pivotal moment in Bears history on the, on the field and off the field. There's, uh, there's a lot going on. Jay, oh, from our home away from home. The I-88 corridor. Oh, man. What are they going to do over there? Is, is the parking lot full at the Top Golf, Jay? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, no, it's not. I'm actually in Naperville, which is part of why I'm calling, because uh, mm. it came up as a, as a possible site for the new uh, stadium. And when that happened, I, I ended up uh, you know, doing a little research online, looking to see if uh, someone had said that stadiums are actually a, a net negative for the city that they're built in. So I did some research. And all I could find were journal, journal uh, academic articles saying saying just that, saying that they're they're actually not good for that this for the city that they they end up getting built in. So why why are these cities even competing for this? Do they know that? Is there something else going on here that that I don't know about, or you know, are those journal articles just wrong? I mean, no, no, what do you guys I, think about that? I, I think it's I think it's the human vanity and excitement for mayors and those in power in those cities that they want the bears well it's it's also and and so that is that is definitely a part of it um the people that get to sit at the table that make the deal it's good for all of them no matter what side they're on you know oh okay you're gonna build it in arlington heights cool as long as you give the construction contract to my cousin to, jimmy to my cousin jimmy and as long as there's a briefcase to be fair cousin jimmy actually does a really good he's job. great he's great he's, Very I mean, good he's, ne- he's never cut a single corner he always works with permits uh but you know like the, yes. so the, the, the power brokers that yes. make the deal happen uh-huh. they all get paid one way or another through straight cash through oh, a me. bonus through being reelected through uh, a sweetheart deal for Halliburton for a defense contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. It's escalated quickly. I'm just, I'm just I'm serious. Yeah, no, I know. That's, that's, I know. that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. And so that's it, why the Bears are going to war with Iraq. So the, so, the, so, the, so the guy who makes 80 grand a year or 150 grand a year <laughs> that lives in a $600,000 home in Arlington Heights, uh-huh. yeah, it might not be great for him, but he doesn't have enough power to have a seat at that table. Tell you what, if they ever try to drag down the statue of Walter Payton, that's not going to be applauded, my friend. Mission not accomplished. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified (laughs) and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) It is the single greatest. Oh, my God. It's the single greatest slip of the tongue in the history of slips of the tongue. One of the greatest Freudian (laughs) slips of all time. Better than any one that Freud ever had. It's Parkinson's (laughs) being on the score. Iraq, too. Anyway. uh, 
The Parkinson Spiegel Show. And then I met Buck. Hello, Chicago! Afternoons on the score. There's a lot going on here. All right, so we have this story from Greg Hines in Cranes uh, that says the Bears' real focus is the lakefront, not Arlington Heights. Colin Cowherd walking back uh, some of what he said on his show earlier today. And um, we are going to see if we can figure out all the things that are going on. We also have what Kevin Warren said recently about the stadium and if he is actually changing his tone on this whole sort of thing. But either way, it's not really that much of a big deal. It's just a new quarterback and a decision with the number one overall pick and a new stadium. Yeah, it's just, you know, the future of the team, both short-term and long-term. That's all. That's all. Okay. So, and we might have something coming on the show here in just a minute based on what's going on on the other side. Since we're going to stall a little bit here yeah. on whether or not we play some uh, Kevin Warren sound right now. I mean, seriously, it, it's it's Caleb Williams and what that would mean for next year and immediately. Um, and that is uh, the biggest the biggest issue. And then there's, I mean, that's the biggest issue in terms of now, and they have to decide what to do. And then there's, oh, yeah, the stadium, which when completed would theoretically set the team up to be financially viable for the next few decades. All right, Colin Cowherd's going to join us in 10 minutes. He's going to join us at 4 o'clock. And uh, until then, we will hear what Kevin Warren said. Let's see if we could judge the sincerity here of Kevin Warren uh, and his plans for the stadium uh, the last time he spoke about it publicly. Intrigues me about the, I mean, it's not necessarily the South Lot. What intrigues me uh, about downtown is I, I strongly believe Chicago is the finest city in all of the world. I mean, very rarely you do you get an opportunity to have such a beautiful downtown with a vibrant business community, with an absolutely beautiful lake, and the energy that, that goes along. And so I, I always focus on, you know, what's a way that we could, you know, bring together the beauty of the lake, the beauty of downtown, the business community, all the art exhibits uh, to bring that together for an environment. Because it's always about the fans. How, how can we create an environment that they really enjoy? And not only on our game days, but also from art, from food, um, um, just from music. And, uh, I, I, you know, I live downtown. I love the city. And I just think we're we're blessed to be able to live in a city like Chicago, and so it has many pluses. And uh, and so I'm I'm just a big proponent of the Chicagoland area. I'm a big proponent of Arlington Heights, but there's something that's really special about uh, downtown Chicago. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it is. It it I, I it's, it a, it's is a great special. city. Paris would like a word. <laughs> Paris, Paris would like uh, a conversation, Kevin. When you say greatest city in the world, I would think. Yeah, but Chicago's pretty good. Yeah, I'm 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 fine, I'm fine with him making the case. Pandering is what he's doing right there. Yeah, really. but I gotta say it he, works though. It's very effective pandering. Yeah, w- I would still bet on Arlington Heights because they own the land. But a hundred million when it's not just two people in a room. There's a school and all sorts of ramifications. You know what I mean? This is mm-hmm. it's a lot of money. So, to, so be, to be continued. To be continued. It, it, I mean, it, it would be pretty neat to still have it here, but boy, what a pain in the ass to get to right now. And if you're moving just a little bit south, then you're dealing with 
They'd have to really do something with that 18th Street access ramp right there to get onto Museum Campus, which is how you get there, and to the south lot. That 18th Street access, you can't get there from the other side of the train tracks. It's only a little, like an outlet off of Lakeshore Drive coming from the south and, uh, and, and coming from the north and like that end of Museum Campus. But that's not really an entrance. So I wonder if they would have to find a way to build some kind of, you know, uh, as, as some kind of uh, ramp that goes over. Or you know what's going to come back into play? I'll tell you right now. Bill Curtis's big vision, new soldier field possibility with the flying gondolas. <laughs> the flying gondolas might be coming back into our lives. It's, it's, uh, it, it's even more interesting than that. They build a bridge. <laughs> they build a bridge. You walk right over it. Right over the train. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Now, it's even more interesting than that. Well, they have one now. you got to get more. But wider. It's so bad, I mean, though. that 18th Street walk. right by the police station is one lane each way. Yeah, it's insane. You can. Yeah, 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 you, you can. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to redo that. But that bridge, that walking bridge, is just absolutely brutal. It's like, what is the most inconvenient <laughs> way we could have possibly built this thing? Let's go up as high as we can one direction, then up just as high the other direction, and then across, and then double it up again. It takes forever, and it's narrow. It'd have to be three lanes for cars each way, and then probably a three-lane person walkway on either side. That yeah. sounds easy. Yeah, it, it is. It legitimately is. Man. That is not the hiccup here. <laughs> it's 100. The, how they get people there is not the hiccup. Unlike other cities, we don't walk away from our most storied and iconic assets. <laughs> Look at the lady that. with the big glasses. <laughs> hey, guys, you want to figure out what Colin knows versus what Colin thinks? That could be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who thinks it could be fun? No, I, I, I just... <laughs> seems, I, seems a blank stare's on fun. N- no. I get it. I get it. Fun, yeah, fun is... I get it. Fun is relative. All right, well, I, I mean, this is kind of a thrill for me, personally. I'm not going to lie to you. He's an interesting guy to talk to. <laughs> he talks a lot. He's good at talking. So we're going to see what Colin Coward knows versus what he thinks about Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears. Next on The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing. Only only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. 